Hebrews chapter 5. Don't you love the Word of God? Listen, when you are down, the Word of God will lift you up. When you are worried, the Word of God will give you peace. When you don't know what direction to go, the Word of God will give you faith. We need to be a people who study the Word of God. The Word of God will bless you daily if you'll be studious, serious, open the Bible. Not, don't open the Bible and say, God, what would you tell my wife? Open the Bible and say, God, what would you tell me? Don't open the Bible and say, God, what does the president need to know? No, what, God, what do I need to know? What do I need to know? And so let's listen tonight with the thought of, Lord, what do, what do, I, what do we need to know? In verse 11 of chapter 5, about this we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Do you want to be dull of hearing? No. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. This is a sad indictment, isn't it? For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. We need to become skilled in the word, don't we? But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Father, we thank you again for your word today and pray you'd let it come alive. Let us just mature in you, grow in you, understand you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When I was in junior high, from time to time, a, a girl, usually a girl, who hadn't had fun since she's probably four years old, would say to me, you're not very mature. And at which point I would usually do something to prove them right. See, for me, the goal wasn't to be mature as a junior hire. For me, the goal was to have some fun. However, as I got older, I discovered that if I was going to get to do some of the things I wanted to do, I could still have fun, but I had to, I had to act with responsibility. Aren't you grateful God doesn't want to just, doesn't look at us and say, okay, if you're going to follow me, no fun. No more laughing, no more good times. Just be serious all the time. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that to us? He lets us have a great time. But I also learned that if I was going to get some money, I'd have to get a job. And if I was going to get a job, when I was on the job, I had to act with some responsibility. I understood that if I wanted to drive a car, if I was going to get a car and have a car, I had to drive that car with some responsibility. I had to act responsibly with the car. I had friends who got caught driving before they were 16 years old and ended up not being able to get their driver's license until they were 18. I just thought, they are idiots. I had a friend who got his driver's license and within about a month and a half had three moving violations and lost his driver's license for a year. And I remember seeing him in school right after it happened and somebody just told me and I thought, you are just dumb as a brick. You know, how can you do that? See, 
in the same sense, spiritual maturity. We can be immature spiritually and do things that ground us, keep us from having the fullness of what God would have for us to have. Keep us from being able to experience the fullness of what God would have us to experience. Keep us from walking in places where God would have us to walk and live. So to have spiritual maturity, you have to learn how to act with responsibility. You have to learn how to act reasonably. Not just simply emotionally. And we have to learn to act within proper boundaries. People of mature faith are steady and consistent. No matter what's going on around them, they're the same person all the time. They're the same person. If they're they're on a platform speaking or if they're in a classroom teaching or if they're in a choir singing, whatever it might be, they're the same person at McDonald's afterwards, the same person in the doctor's office, they're the same person all the time. They're steady and they're consistent because their life is founded on something that's not swayed all the time by the circumstances of the world. They're not just blown by every wind of teaching and doctrine and they're not blown by every set of circumstances that, they, that come along. They have faith and confidence in God. So spiritual maturity requires that we repent, we turn from dead works. These are not simply sinful actions, though sinful actions are definitely a part of dead works. There are dead works, there are are sinful things, there are definitely things of spiritual immaturity, of, of spiritual ignorance that will cause you great harm. But there are also things that that come along that are just simply unwise actions. Unwise ways of living your life that if you live that way, produce death in your life. Let me give you a couple tonight. In James chapter 10 verse 1, or James chapter 1 verse 19, I'm sorry, there isn't a chapter 10. James chapter 1 verse 19. Know this, my, my beloved brothers, let every person... Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. What does verse 22 say? Be doers of the of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself this first call is a call for us to have some maturity in the way we respond when things are happening around us and the first call is this be quick to listen In other words, what it's telling us is before you react, before you respond, before you do something, listen. Take time 
And listen, I'm going to tell you, the two things we're talking about today, I think, are two of the most prevalent problems that you deal with many times in families and in the church world that, that, real, that would really bring great maturity into homes and maturity into the church world if people got these two things we're going to talk about today. And this is part of it. Being quick to listen before you respond to something. Before you react to what's going on around us. Talk, uh, many times it's, we, we react to the first piece of information that we get. And then when we're angry or the other person is angry, we talk over them. That's my tendency. They start talking. I don't like the third sentence they said before they can have the fourth one out. I'm talking with them. This scripture calls us to wait. To wait. And to wait some more. Let them finish. Take time to listen. Instead of being quick with our response, be quick with our listening. Instead, what, we get it just the opposite sometimes, the immature do. We are slow to listen and quick to respond. And so James is telling us, turn that around. Be quick to listen. Instead of wanting to be, oh, I want to be sharp and quick in my response. No, he says, no. Instead of wanting to be quick in your response, be quick in your listening. Be slow in your response. Weigh your response out. Think about what you're saying. Do you really want to say this? Do you really want to go there? Do you really understand what they're saying to you? Okay, they're saying it in the wrong way. They're saying it with the wrong attitude. They're saying it in the wrong spirit. Get down to the facts of the thing. What are they really saying? Why are you so upset? Why are they so bothered? Why are they so angry? What's going on here and how do I really not win an argument, but how do I win in a relationship? Too many times we want to win the argument. We dream of winning the argument instead of dreaming of winning in the relationship. How do I keep this relationship? What do I need to listen to? What do I need to understand? What, what, what do I need to change? I've had it said to me, and I've said it many times when somebody has responded quickly to something that's been said. Have you ever had somebody say this to you or thought it yourself? That's not what I said. Or that's not what I meant. What are you saying? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't let me finish. What are you saying? What are they saying? You didn't let me finish. You didn't really listen to me. You just, you're responding out of the moment instead of really listening and paying attention. We don't like it when somebody couches something else. We say, that's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. It's not what I meant at all. Now we're dealing with a whole other thing because what, what that's saying is somebody is being slow to listen and quick to speak. They're not looking to understand. Listening is more than just hearing the words. 
Listening is understanding what they're saying. Listening is getting down to the why that they, why do they feel the way that they feel? Why are they saying the thing? Why are they acting? A listener doesn't just want to get the facts on the table. The listener wants to understand what's informing the facts. What's driving this person to feel this way, to be this way, to act this way. And you may be, frankly, you may be dealing with somebody who just acts that way. Now, you can go into Proverbs and learn how you respond to people who just act foolishly. But we want to make sure we're not reacting foolishly. So we let them finish. We let them, we let them talk. We make sure they finish the sentence. And then we come back around. Let me be clear. Is that, uh, the here clarifies. Is this what you meant? Is this what you're upset about? Is this what's bothering you? Remember, sometimes we don't hear because we don't let them finish. And we don't let, and when we, and not letting them finish, even when we let them finish, we respond out of feeling instead of out of understanding. Understanding, the desire to understand drives me, drives, it should drive us to ask some questions before we respond, to make sure we get it. So, here's one of these big things. The, the spiritually mature Christian doesn't speak rashly. The mature Christian listens and tries to get the, sto- the whole story, asks some questions first. Now, this next point plays just as well with it. It's in Proverbs chapter 18, and these kind of mesh together. In Proverbs 18, it says, the one who states his case seems right until another, till the other comes and examines him. This is huge. This is, this is huge. Listening sometimes to what's going on around us means more than just hearing the person who said something to us. Making up our minds before we know the facts is what the Bible calls an act of foolishness. So somebody tells me something. They tell us something about somebody else. And we make up our mind that we're ticked off at that person. And we have only heard one side of the story. We've only heard how one person saw things or read things and sometimes the person that's telling us something is somebody who wasn't even there they've just heard it from somebody else it may be three or four persons removed from the person from what actually happened and we're all worked up the immature person the foolish person is all worked up and they're mad at Susie Q over there for what she did last Wednesday night and what she said about me and how she acted and that the person told them wasn't even there they haven't talked to Susie about what she actually said or what happened. They don't know. So before we make up our mind, we get all the facts. I've, I've told you this many times. My dad, he always told me, listen, if you get in trouble at school, if you did it, take it. Take whatever they do, just take it. Don't call me. You don't want to call me if you did it. If I did, he said, now if you're in trouble and you didn't do something, you tell me. And there were, there were two or three times in school and I'd be in trouble with something I, I hadn't done and I would tell him. And he'd look at me and he'd say, now I'm going to go talk to the principal. I'm going to see what's going on here. 
I better not find anything else that I don't know. I better not get there and another shoe drop. There better not be facts that come on the table that you haven't told me. What's he saying? I'm going to listen to the other side of the story. I'm going to hear why the teacher responded to you that way. I'm going to hear why that happened that way. I'm going to hear what's going on. And I'm going to judge the matter on hearing everything, not just on my little 12-year-old's opinion. Are are you listening to me? And so the, the, the fact of this is, is there's more to the story many, many times than what we're hearing in the instant. So listening to someone who many times doesn't know themselves, one side seems right until we listen. So we take time to hear both sides of the matter. Listen, sometimes, sometimes people leave out key details. Have you, have you ever discovered that? They make themselves look better and other people look worse. I've had people come to, come to me and say, so-and-so said such-and-such such about you. And here, here's how I've learned to respond. What did you say? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, you were there, right? You heard him say that, right? What did you say? Did you say, yeah, that's right, or no, that's not true? Did you stand up for me? Well, I didn't know what to say, so I just came to you. Well, Thanks. My dad had an associate years ago, and the associate was down getting his hair cut, and, and uh, the guy chair, and the guy said, well, where do you work? He said, I work at Calvary, and the guy at the chair next to him, who never found out who the guy was in the chair next to him, said, to my, said well, that pastor down there is a big crook. <laughs> so this associate comes right back to church, goes into my dad's office, says, I was down there, this guy down there said, you're a big crook. And my dad said, what do you say? He said, I didn't say anything. Dad said, thanks a lot. <laughs> Here's the other question I ask. Why are you bringing this to me? Why are you telling me this? You, you trying to make sure my, you want to you make sure my feelings are hurt? You want to make sure I'm mad at that person? Now, you know I'm going to go talk to him, right? And I'm going to tell him, you told me this. Oh, no, 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 you can't use my name. Can't use my name. You know what? When you begin to do that, it's not long until people don't bring you that stuff anymore. Some of us have garbage can ears that we talked about last week because we never turn the garbage off. You can turn the garbage off by looking at people when they, when they dump some garbage in you about what somebody else has said by saying, I'm going to go talk to them and tell them what you said that you asked me, that you told me about this and see what they have to say about it. It won't be long. They won't be bringing you that junk anymore. They'll just, they'll show. You've, got to, you've got to ask yourself, if everybody complains to me, why? If everybody that has something negative to say says it, wants to say it to me, why? What have I done that makes everybody want to say something to me? I'll, I'll tell you one quick story. Years, a good number of years ago, there was something going on in, in the Illinois district, uh, the Assemblies of God, that my dad opposed, I opposed it. Uh, it was a thing we were going to vote on on the floor. We didn't think it was right. We, we opposed it. We spoke on the floor uh, against it in the, in the election time, all in proper place, and tried to with pro- proper spirit. 
and uh, it got voted in any way. We, we lived with it. Eventually, it got voted out later. Uh, but we went through a time when anybody who had a complaint, because we, we had complained, we'd said something about this one thing, that they would call us and tell us things that were, were going on. Until finally, I got up in, in, a, in a sectional meeting and said, listen, some of you guys call me with stuff. Please stop. I'm not mad at our district leaders. I disagreed with them on one thing. One thing I disagree. Most of the other stuff they're doing, I'm 100% in agreement with them. I disagree. What was, what was I, what did I do? I wanted to turn the garbage off. I didn't want a phone call every time somebody didn't like something that was going on. Go talk to the district superintendent if you don't like what's going on. Don't call me. Go talk to them. Are you getting this? You've got to turn it off. You've got to, you need to shut down. You need to shut it down and say, listen, there's a right way to handle things that you're in disagreement about. There's a right, a wrong way. I tell, I tell new married couples all the time, listen, if you go home, if you go back to your mom and dad and you tell them every time you and your husband get in a fight, then you go home and make up with him. They haven't. They haven't made up with him. They still hear everything he said to you, everything, they, everything he said about them. He, they still got all the garbage inside of them, and they haven't made up with him. You guys are fine. They're not fine. Don't go, don't, don't go dump the garbage in your mom and dad's ear. If you want to talk about him, go to his parents. They're going to love him anyway. <laughs> Is this the truth? Go talk to them. Don't go talk to you. Go talk to his parents. They'll look and say, I could have told you he was a spoiled brat. She spoiled him all these years. Now you're dealing with it. You don't want that garbage inside of you because it ruins relationship. So some people live out, some people, they are assuming things they don't know. They're assuming things they don't know. And sometimes people are manipulative. They're not my, they're, they're, you think, not my friends? Yes, sometimes our friends are manipulative. Listen, sometimes people talk about things as if they're in the know when they really know nothing. Got to figure this out. Now, here's, here's the next issue. Proverbs 25, 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. In this day, a city, a community that didn't have walls was susceptible to every marauding group of people that would come along that wanted to sweep into that city and steal and kill and carry people off captive. So they had to build these walls and protect themselves so that every group that wanted to come in just couldn't come, come in and bring destruction. It was, a, it was a means of safety. And the writer's saying this is the condition of the man without self-control. The enemy can sweep in at any time and bring havoc in his life. 
because he doesn't have self-control. Self-control of words, self-control of desires, self-control of emotions, self-control of appetites. The spiritually mature person is steady, not wildly emotional. I thank God for emotions, but they're not driven by emotions. There's proper expression of emotions. There's proper feelings of emotions. There's a right time to rejoice. There's a right time to mourn. There's a right time for all of these things, but we're not controlled by any of them. Spiritually mature person is not emotionally driven. They listen. They speak to the truth and to God's will and to God's end. The spiritually mature person is not swayed by the crowd, emotionally able to get stirred up by what a crowd of people are doing or wanting to do. They're steady. The spiritually mature influence instead of being influenced. They're open for good spiritual influence but they're wise enough to not be influenced by everything. Are you getting this? Am I being clear enough? Do I need to spell this out any better? I, I, I can't let everything that comes along influence the way I feel. I've got to have some steadiness to my doctrine, to my life, to my actions. There's got to be some steadiness to it. The spiritually mature naturally link arms with those who are like-minded and mature and bring peace in the situations. It is natural for spiritually mature people to want to be around other spiritually mature people. It's just like when you're 13, you have your own level of immaturity, but you really don't want to hang out with the four-year-olds. And guess what? The 21-year-old that doesn't have friends his own age but wants to hang out with all the 14-year-olds, there's a warning sign there. It's a warning. Something's wrong. Got to be careful with this. Doesn't want to hang out with people his own age. Wants to hang out with all these kids all the time. What's the deal? Spiritually mature people, same way. It's not long <laughs> spiritually mature people. I don't, I don't need to hear that talk anymore. I don't need to be around that. And they naturally want to lean towards people who have the same level of spiritual maturity they do. And so you just got to ask, where am I leaning to? Where am I walking at? I want to link arms. Say, you want to get more mature? Great. One of the ways you get more spiritually mature is start hanging out with people who are more spiritually mature and being careful so they don't want to run away from you. Learning from them, growing in how they are, seeing how they respond to things, and maturing in your life. Spiritually, the spiritually mature leader is willing to confront things. They balance mercy and not letting things go. You have some people, it doesn't matter how little the slight, they will not let it go. You know that's spiritually immature? Sometimes the Bible says love overlooks, the Bible says love overlooks wrongs. Sometimes it just goes, <laughs> you know what, that was, <laughs> I wish he hadn't said that. that just, I'm not going to worry about that. That's what the spiritually mature person does sometimes. They just let it go. 
They don't have to get an apology. They don't have to let everybody know that they, they were slight. They just let it go many, many times. Spiritually mature person just walks away. Somebody will say to him, boy, that, they, that was really insulting. You know, they probably didn't even know what they said. They probably didn't even know what they said. It's okay. It's not a big deal. On the other side, the spiritually mature person knows when I can't let it go. This is too big of a thing. I've got to say something about that. I've got to be willing to confront that. And, and we, we can be immature on both sides of that issue. You can be a person or a family who never confronts the issue that, must, that needs to be confronted. Or you can be the family that fights over every stinking little detail. And neither one of them are healthy. Is this, am I, is this good? Some of you are looking at me like, I'm not letting this go. Some of you are going, I let that go already. It's already, I'm, I'm paying attention to that. So, it's not, a, when you don't let it go, it's not about anger. When, when you choose to be silent, it's not about brewing on it. It means you let it go. I'm not saying anything, but I'm going to be ticked for the next six years. Until finally the person comes and says, I think you've been mad at me. Are you mad at me? Yeah, I've been mad at you since 1978. <laughs> Remember we were, we were down there at the Dairy Queen and you cut in front of me in line and didn't even turn around and say hi to me. I've been mad all these years. Well, Really? I know I'm being a little silly, but silence isn't about brewing on something. And confronting isn't about our anger. It's about what's right. That's one of the ways you judge. What, am I confronting this because I'm angry and I want to win? Or am I confronting this because healing needs to come here? Am, are you being silent because you're just letting it go? Or are you being silent because you're just afraid to say anything? You're just going to brew on it. Silent and hoping it will go away. No, that's not the answer. The spiritually mature knows that one time to confront the issue and say something. You know what? Every time we get together, you say this to me and do this to me or treat me this way. And, and I, 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 really, I don't think you mean to, but it really makes me feel bad. And the spiritually mature person on the other side sitting there going, really? You, you feel bad about that? I didn't know that made you feel bad. I didn't intend to make you feel bad. Now, you've got a real problem when they sit and say, I know. And I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> now you've got to be biblical in another mature way about how to confront that person. The spiritually mature has a sense of security that comes from obedience to the word of God. They know that God's promises are true. And whatever thing they're confronted with or they're facing, life is going to be okay. Eternity is going to be okay because we can count on God's word. And that maturity is revealed in action. Let me take just about two or three more minutes with you here before we go. Maturity is revealed in action. So, you're at home tonight and... 
somebody else, your spouse is there with you, your kids are there with you, and they say, don't go into your bedroom, there's a ghost in there. What does the mature person say? (laughs) Funny. Now, if you say that to a five-year-old, what's going to happen? They're going to be sleeping in your room that night. You're going to be looking at the 10-year-old going, why in the world did you say that to them? Don't say that to them because they're, they're immature. They can't dismiss that. If you go into the doctor today and you get a physical and the doctor says, you need a tetanus shot. What does the immature child do? Starts crying, I don't want a shot, don't make me get a shot, I don't, don't do that to me. What does the mature person do? Roll up their sleeve and, okay, don't like this, but here we go. Here we go. I've got to do what i got to do here. So we sit there and, and we, 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 we think our way through this. Spouse comes, you sit down, you look at your money, and the, you say, well, we can't spend some money for a few weeks, we've got to catch up on the bills. What does the immature person do the next day? They've been out spending. They're not listening to anything. So, let's take that into our life. So-and-so said they don't like you. What does the spiritually mature person do? What are they, they, they recognize, boy, this is an attack of the enemy. The enemy's trying to bring disunity into fellowship. Wonder how I can heal this. Your wife comes home, your husband comes, hey, I dinged the car today. What happens in the home when, that's, when that statement's made? What happens in the mature home when that statement's made? Oh, are you okay? What happened? Well, let me go look at it. What happens in the immature home? Same things, this, these, look, immature and mature things happen throughout our relationships. You're, you're at a job and the friends come to you and say, hey, let's go drinking tonight. Ah, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm Chris, I don't think I want to do it. Hey, you want that promotion, you ought to come. Boss is going to be there. You better see you're a good guy. Maturity is steady. It doesn't overreact. It doesn't overrespond. One of the best pieces of advice that I got when I was a young dad was somebody told me when, my, when Jessica was first born, they said to me, they said, listen, one thing that will really help you is don't discipline accidents. Accidents are accidents. Now, when they look at you and you say, don't turn over the milk, and they look at you, they look at the milk and they look back at you and they reach it out and go like that, that's time to react, right? I always tell parents, when they start saying no to you, they understand what no means. They understand what it means. They're telling you no. They know exactly what it means now. So you gotta, you gotta in, in our relationships, we gotta weigh these things out. What's, what's the real deal, deal here? What's the steady action? I want to be quick to listen. 
slow to speak, slow to anger. I want to weigh out both sides of the issue. I want to be in charge of my emotions. I don't want to be a, a, like a city that has no walls, that the enemy can just take anything and sweep in and bring havoc into my life because I'm out of control. So steadiness is a reflection of wisdom and faith. Wisdom to do what's right because, God, because you know God's word and you're obeying his word and faith to believe him for the outcome. Amen? Has this been a good word tonight? I just want to tell you, the church becomes healthy when there becomes a growing number of people in the church who walk in this kind of spiritual maturity that, that aren't swayed by everything that's said or done, that, aren't, that don't get emotionally whacked out over everything, but are steady and consistent in faith in their life. And the church gets in trouble and there's all kinds of pain and turmoil when people overreact, when people don't listen to both sides of a story, when people make up their minds before they know all the facts, and when people's emotions just... They, they just let them run wild with them and they're angry and frustrated and upset all the time instead of saying, you know what? We need to pe- protect the unity of the body. Same thing in your home. Same thing in your home. So, be aware of that. Amen? Amen. I just want to give us an opportunity to say, Lord, is there some place where I'm being the opposite of what you'd have me to be, where I'm being slow to listen, where I'm being quick to speak. Is there some place where I have judged something and I don't even know both sides of the matter? I haven't even heard it all. And is there some place where the walls are broken down because of my emotions and I'm not in, I'm not, I don't have self-control in some area so the enemy's able to, to reach in? Lord, speak to us right now. Father, speak to us about maturity and health so that we can be the people you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, when a a few weeks ago you you spoke to me about talking about spiritual maturity. Uh, Father, I'm so excited about that. I I feel like this is a place, Lord, where as we listen to you, our lives will become more fruitful. Uh, Our lives will become lives with less turmoil. Our lives will become lives that carry more influence. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us about any place where we're not walking in just absolute spiritual maturity. Let this church, let us be a mature church. So many, Father, we, we have so many things we have. We have because we are that, but we want to grow in it. And so, Lord, I've seen the enemy wreak havoc in homes. I've seen him try to wreak havoc in our church at times because of immature responses. Father, let us, let us build the walls so the enemy can't sweep in at any time and bring damage into our lives, into our church, into your kingdom. Father, I, I just pray that this congregation would know how much you love them. I pray you'd let them know how much I love them, Father. I, I pray you'd let us uh, walk in the love of your spirit as we march towards an eternal victory. But Lord, help us to reach out to a lost and dying world and bring many with us, we pray. So Lord, fill us with the maturity and the wisdom of your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. If you don't know somebody around you, make sure you meet them right now. 
and then you can go. God bless you. Look around, see if you don't know everybody's name. If you don't know their name, say hello.